0: Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. It's hard to believe that it is the month of December. Much less almost Christmas. Anybody else? uh, Anybody else struggling with uh, this? This year's been the weirdest year of my life. I know it has been for years as well. Uh, I was talking to John ahead of service and said there, there, uh, there are moments of this year that seems like it's lasted a lifetime. And then there are other moments that it just goes by so fast. It's like a blur. And all of a sudden, we're here at Christmas. It's hard to believe. It's it's uh, it's the most nostalgic time of the year. Uh, uh, you, you'll recognize this phrase: phrase. we we find ourselves with visions of sugar plums uh, dancing in our head. Would somebody please tell me what is a sugar plum and why would I want it? dancing. and Okay, that's just me. I don't understand. I don't know that I've ever seen a sugar plum. But anyway, uh, and because it's got the word plum on the end of it, I don't even know if I want to know what it is. I'm not sure I really do. But there are uh, vivid memories. There's, uh, we've got these stylized celebrations in our head Um, we've got fireplaces adorned with stockings there's lights there's bright bows uh, ornaments that are passed down from generation to generation there are family gatherings and so ready or not here comes Christmas it's almost here And some of you have been preparing for months. How many of you started buying Christmas gifts in June? Raise your hand so we can shame you. There's one. Yeah, I knew. Oh, there's two. Yeah. So those are the overachievers in the congregation this morning. Uh, But most of you are probably more like me. And out of nowhere, it slipped up on you. You're not even sure you're ready for it. In fact, how many of you still don't have all your Christmas presents bought you started in June and you said, st- oh man, okay, so, all right, so most of you are like me, that it sneaks up on it, on us, but here's what I want to draw your attention to this morning. If you think it snuck up on us, I want you to stop just a minute, take just a moment and think about what it was like for Mary. I, w- I want you to see... This, There had been no Christmas. I mean, I've got a bunch of Christmases under my belt. Some of you got more than I've got. Some of you not as many. But we've got no excuse. We know Christmas is coming every year. But there had been no Christmases, and now all of a sudden Mary's face-to-face with what we know as Christmas. There, there was no track record. There was no indication that there was anything special about this season. In fact, if you think about it, there, was, um, there were no TV ads right after she'd finished the, the last bite of t- turkey on, uh, in, on the last Thursday of November. And all of a sudden, okay, y'all get that later. She had no indication. There was no B.C. Clark jingle. Um, y'all, y'all, come on, wake up this morning. Y'all. Are y'all here? Okay, all right. Uh, there, there was, there were no icicle lights hanging from her neighbor's house. There were no inflatables in the yard across the street. There, there were no Christmas banners down the the, the boulevard. There was no way for her to know. There was no indication. Everything had been was as it had always been. In fact. When you really stop and think about her story, what you discover is a young lady minding her own business, living her own life in the middle of making wedding uh, preparations don't you know her mind was on the wedding? Come on, young ladies. When you, Natalie, am I right? It's all you think about. Kelly, am I right? Okay, so we got some newlyweds, right? So we we know it's all you think of. Her mind is consumed with a wedding that's about to take place. There's no indication, and out of nowhere, she is visited with, by by an angel with, this incredible, frightening. Come on, put yourself in her situation. Terrifying. Life and relationship altering news. And this is what the angels told her. You've been handpicked. You have been chosen, Mary. You're selected. You you are singled out. You will carry the God child. There's no time for you to get ready. There's no three month warning like, hey, three months before I give you this news, I kind of give you an indication that this is gonna happen just, just out of nowhere, minding my own business, walking down Michael's wedding store, getting all the silky fabric and flowers and the, the rose petals we're gonna throw when we walk down the aisle. In the middle of all that, out of nowhere, boom, baby, you're pregnant. That's a scary proposition. The backdrop leads me to this question. What do you do when God ushers you into a new season without warning? What do you do when you are going about your own business, doing life, making plans, pursuing dreams, you're content, and then all of a sudden a new pitch is thrown And it's a curveball, but it's not just an ordinary curveball. It's one of those knee-buckling curveballs. Come on, baseball players, are you in the house? You know what I'm talking about. You've seen a curveball before, but this is one of those curveballs that you're standing in the box, and you think you recognize the pitch, and you see the spin, but instead, it's a nasty curveball. It starts up here, and, and it buckles your knees, and it freezes you. What do you do when God allows a season like that to overtake your life because that's exactly what Mary experienced I ask this question because um, there are times that there's no indication that a new path or a new direction or a new destiny is headed our way and out of nowhere everything changes I ask that question because I think all of us, especially at, after this current year, I mean, like this year, certainly none of us, surely you weren't like prophetic enough to know to sit in your house on January 1st, and go, oh, just wait a minute, 2020 is gonna be crazy. It's gonna be good, unlike, after this year, surely this year feels like the nastiest curveball you've ever seen in your life. Surely at moments this year, your knees have buckled. Surely at the, at the during this season of your life, you're going, I wasn't ready for this. I didn't anticipate this, I didn't plan for this, I don't like this, and what do I do? How do I navigate this? How do I move forward in this? Something is stirring in the air. Christmas is coming. A change is coming, if you will. It's almost like waiting. I don't know about you, but it's like waiting for the other shoe to drop. Anybody else? It's just like, man, this is the craziest thing I've ever What do you do? Have I described it well? Isn't that what this, I can tell it in y'all's worship on Sunday mornings, even over just the last, I wasn't here last week, I listened online, but last week and the week before and the week before I noticed something as we worship, there's this, there's this uncertainty and this, I'm not defeated, but I don't like this. And I, I'm not as passionate as I was. I'm not pressing in like I used to. I just I sense it. Why? It's because of the season. So what do we do? I, I want to read the account and I want to see if there are any clues because I think there are some, some clues. In Luke chapter 1. In Luke chapter 1, uh, beginning in verse 26, I want you to listen to what, the, the this is the story. This is what Mary dealt with, and this is what Mary did. Listen to what happens. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to the G- Galilean village of Nazareth to a virgin engaged to be married to a man descended from David. His name was Joseph, and the virgin's name was Mary. Upon entering, Gabriel greeted her. Good morning. You're... Just right in the middle of the morning. Hey, good morning, angel walks into your bedroom and says, how's it going? And this is what he says, Gabriel says, you're beautiful with God's beauty. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate it. That's a great way to start your morning, isn't it? Beautiful, inside and out. God be with you. Well, thank you, Gabriel. Glad you stopped by to tell me that. So, man, what couldn't ask for a better day than that. She was thoroughly shaken, wondering what was behind a greeting like that. But the angel assured her, Mary, you have nothing to fear. Really? God has a surprise for you. Uh, you think? How many of you are tired of God's surprises? I mean, they're better than devil's surprises, but, but sometimes I'm not sure like God surprises much either. Surprise. You will become pregnant and give birth to a son and call his name Jesus. ha. Welcome to 2020 Jerusalem style. Wasn't ready for that. Listen to what happens. Luke chapter 1 verse 39. Mary didn't waste a minute. She got up and she traveled down to a town in Judah in the hill country straight to Zachariah's house and greeted Elizabeth. Verse 46. And Mary sang this song. My soul is ecstatic, overflowing with praises to God. My spirit bursts with joy over my life-giving God. For he set his tender gaze upon me, his lowly servant girl. And from here on, everyone will know that I've been favored and blessed. The mighty one has worked a mighty miracle for me. Holy is his name. Luke chapter 2, verse 19. But Mary treasured all these things in her heart and often pondered what they meant. I think there are three things that Mary did that are absolutely critical and crucial for us to mimic as we face this season. Now, some of us are hoping this season's almost over, but what if it's not? What if all of this has been leading up to send us a new direction, a new path, a new destiny? that we don't like, that we didn't choose, that we didn't prepare for? How do we respond? What do we do? How do we face off with this new and perhaps um, season that involves change and uncertainty? I think Mary did three things that I want to lean into. I, 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 listen, I, I can do the little Christmas story thing, which is great. We've all heard it. One of the challenges for a preacher at Christmas is to say something new about the Christmas story. But, but that's not my goal this morning. My goal is to help us. Because if we don't do these three things, then we're going to march into 2021 and we're going to be in trouble. And so I want to lay some foundation work just this Sunday to help us to to transition and understand that there are some things we can do as we end this crazy year, possibly entering a crazier year. Lord, help us. What do we do? And Mary paints a picture for us. She gives us the steps. The first thing I want you to notice is this, is that Mary leaned on the right people. Boy, it's quiet in here this morning. Y'all listening, I hope. Notice that when Mary gets the word that she is pregnant, she's a virgin, she's going to have a baby. It says the very next thing she does is she gets, I don't know, she rents a chariot. I don't know how she gets there. She rents, I, I don't know. All I know is it says immediately she wasted no time. She loaded up everything and went to Elizabeth's house for the next three months. Why didn't she go to her parents' house? Why didn't she call her best friend? Why didn't she Facebook message the person that she Facebook messages all the time? And said she loads everything up, relocates, and goes and stays with Elizabeth, Elizabeth for the next three months. In the middle of troubling, overwhelming, unexpected, frightening news, she went to perhaps what may have been the only person that she could have gone to that would affirm and confirm what God was doing in her life. She's in an environment, when she gets to Elizabeth's house, you've got to go back and read the backstory. but Elizabeth is also pregnant at an old age. She hasn't been able to have children, and now all of a sudden, as an old lady, she has a visitation from an angel, and the angel says, you're pregnant, you're going to give birth to a prophet. His name will be John. So now what is literally taking place is Mary has picked up lock, stock, and barrel, and she is now in an environment of belief rather than doubt, dismay, or disappointment. I believe she is able to embrace what God is doing and take him at his word and trust him in large part because she was with the right people. How many of us miss the promise of God, the move of God, the plan of God because we continue to inhabit an atmosphere of doubt and worry and disbelief that rubs on us, rubs off on us, and steals our faith. See, when God is up to something in our life, when when a season is changing, when a new season is approaching, when we get all this crazy feeling. I need to, to tell you this morning that not everybody's open door is the right door. If you're going to navigate this season, then you must lean on the right people. Can I tell you this morning that you cannot in this season afford to hang out with people that are consumed with doubt. You cannot spend your the, the, the bulk of your time with people who are consumed by fear. See, When God is about to do something, we have to lean on the right people. We protect our promise. We've talked about that before earlier this year, promised land, deliverance dilemmas. We protect our promise and we preserve our perspective by the people we choose to lean on in these seasons. So here's the truth. If we are not careful in these seasons, if we hang out with people who are bitter, then guess what, we will become bitter. If we hang out with people who are angry, guess what? Then we will become angry if we are if we are spending all of our time with people who are doubtful. Then we will end up being people who are filled with doubt. But this is also true. If you spend your time in this season with people who are joyful, then you will become a person filled with joy. If you spend your time with people who are faithful, you will become a person who is filled with p or faith. If you spend your time with people. Who are peaceful, then you will find yourself being filled with peace. You have to lean, Mary taught us, you have to lean on the right people. You are going to hear this next statement a lot in the first few weeks of next year, starting January the 10th. You're going to hear a statement over and over again. So I just want to drop this into your spirit. I want you to let it begin to, uh, to, to simmer a little bit and, and take root a little bit. And then over the next uh, few, first couple months, I'm going to try to massage it in and make sure we're right, that, that we've got it and that we understand it. Those that are close matter most. And I'm not going to go any further than that other than to tell you that you need to find the right people and lean on them and lean into them if you are going to navigate this season. The, the second thing that Mary does, I want you to notice is this, is that Mary praised instead of panicking. Uh, because she. I think it's because she was with the right people even though the news could have caused Mary to freak out, wouldn't wouldn't you? Even though the news could have caused her to break down, I mean, come on now. Even though the news could have caused her to think that her life was over, what we read, and I read it to you, is this, that instead of panicking, Mary praised. I can't get no help in this spirit-filled church Y'all want, maybe, maybe our theme song should change. Maybe instead of singing Alleluia, we ought to sing Freak Out. Ah, Freak Out, because that's how, so, you yeah, know, some of us are that old. When did we, when, when, did, when did that become our theme song as believers? When 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 did that become the reaction as those that say that our faith is in Him that when 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 did the, the, those of us that say He orders the steps of righteous men and women and the righteous have never been forsaken and He's guarding my steps and and if I dash my foot against them, when when did our theme song become freak out instead of I I'm gonna praise You instead come on come on y'all I believe that one of the most misused and underused weapons in our spiritual arsenal is praise that is birthed out of profound pain we seem to only want to praise when life is exactly like we want it if it would just get back to normal I could praise since when is God's worthiness based upon whether or not it is normal for me I think the problem with American Christians is that the pulpits have been silent about the doctrine of suffering so that we are so immature in our faith that we don't know how to suffer well. Third world believers have no problem praising God when they're being imprisoned, when they're being killed, when they're being beaten, when they're being slandered. And because somebody doesn't want us to meet together, we freak out. See, why why does it have to be a cakewalk? Why does it have to all come up roses for us to praise? That's, That's not the reality of Mary's situation. That's not the reality of our situation. Her situation is literally, I want you to notice this, is literally a death sentence. You do recognize that because she's a virgin and pregnant, that in that day, it was a death sentence by law they could drag her out into the middle of the street and stone her to death she 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 has embarrassed and dishonored her family's good name and reputation she has shamed her fiance can you imagine what that conversation was like hey luke need, all right, hey joseph i need to i need to i need to tell you about, about something that's happened god visited me and then uh, i'm pregnant And yet what should have been probably, at least if I'm in her situation, probably should have been a panic-filled moment. Mary praises God. She does more than just give lip service to God ordering our steps. She does more than just glibly say this. God works everything out for our good. She does more than that. She, she opens her mouth. Instead of being secretly angry and secretly like, I'm so mad at you, God, I didn't want this to happen. Instead of any of that, she opens her mouth. And in the middle of her trouble, she praises God. She not only accepts what God is trying to do, she praises God for what he's trying to do. Could it be that too many of us fail to praise God for what is part of his plan? I knew I wouldn't get any help. Could it be that because his plan isn't our plan that we gripe and complain and whine and try to convince him to change his plan rather than following Mary's lead and opening our mouth and say, though you slay me, yet will I trust you. I am convinced that praise that is only offered during easy times is weak praise. Praise that is offered during a season of heartache and trouble and turmoil and tragedy is the deepest praise that can be offered. And I want you to hear me this morning. And I believe it is the praise that God most intently listens to and responds to. I believe that God knows that if He can trust us with trouble, then He also knows that He can, if 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 He can trust us with that trouble, and He knows that we'll take that trouble and we'll turn it into a tune of praise. I think that God recognizes in that moment that that He He can turn our mourning into dancing, and He can set us apart. And, 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 and then what happens is he will do for us what he did for Mary and that is this, from here on everyone will know that you've been favored and blessed. Right in the middle of tragedy, when I'm able to lift my hands and lift my heart and lift my head and open my mouth and say, God, I praise you. I don't like this year, but I praise you. I don't like what happened during this year, but I praise you. I don't like what took place. It was a curveball. It was life altering. But I praise you. I trust you in that moment. I think that God leans in and he responds. And I think his, our praise brings blessings that cannot be ignored or denied. I want us to follow Mary's lead. I want us to lean into the right people. I want us to become people that praise. You know when the the most thunderous praise ought to be going on inside Passion Church and inside your life? Do you know when we should have the most earth-shattering, earth-shaking moves of God, the presence of God the strongest? Now! Now! Well, I'm tired of this. Believe me, I'm tired of this, but, but now, I want this to change, me too, but now, when it's not like I want it to be, now, right now, every Sunday when we gather, our hearts out to explode in praise, I don't feel like it, this is not about your feelings, this is about God, I don't want to praise, you think Mary did? You think really? She's about to get married and now she's got a baby bump. I want to praise. Start the band. Perfect time to worship. No. But out of her pain she prayed. I want us to learn from Mary and open our mouth and our hearts and begin to extol and exalt God and praise him for the fact that he trusts us to be able to navigate this season properly. And then last, I think The final thing that Mary did is that after she is visited by angels and shepherds, Scripture states that Mary treasured and pondered these things. Mary pondered. There's a couple interesting things here. The the Greek word for treasured, I've got it written down here, but I'm not going to try to say it. It's something like, yeah, I guess I am, centurii or something like that. It also means she kept safe. She kept the, what she saw happening safe. In her heart, she treasured. She, she kept these things safe. But then, it, but then Luke says that she pondered these things. And I started thinking about, I started pondering, ponder. What is even, we don't even use that word anymore. I mean, I've been in like the coffee line and say, uh, the, the, like, what, what would you like to drink? Well, let me ponder a moment. When's the last time you used ponder? What kind of sandwich can I get for you today? I don't know. Let me ponder on it. I don't know. So I started pondering on ponder. What does it mean? I went and looked it up. And the word ponder here means to reflect. But it goes deeper than that. It means to think on, to weigh. It it, it means to confer or to connect. It means to bring together, to compare. And to weigh the facts. So in other words, what Luke is saying, I think he chose the word intentionally, what he's literally saying is she began to put things together. She began to connect the dots. She's recognizing that God is working things out. She isn't just experiencing things. She is taking time to look for God. Oh, I don't know. It sounds like six foot baby to me, moving from the seen to the unseen. Pondering. She is taking time to think about what God is doing and what he's trying to do. And I want us to learn from Mary. In this crazy, uncertain season, this is what happens. I know what happens because it's happening to me. If I'm not careful, in a season like this, What happens is this. I go from experience to experience without ever stopping long enough to connect the dots. I go from one trial, one, one tragedy, one experience to the next, and I never stop long enough on the way. And I want us to go to this place. I want us to go rather than just being blown one way then blown to the next and rather than bouncing from one challenge to the next and instead of uh, growing numb anybody else about to be numb I find myself growing numb in this season instead of growing numb and instead of being discouraged and just mindlessly going from one experience to another and setting one foot in the other I would rather for us to do this let's follow Mary's example let's Ponder Let's connect the dots. Let, let, let's see his hand at work. Let's push into what we are going through and reflect on, think on, confer, consider, weigh to figure out what he's trying to do. This is what I know, and this is why I think we miss it. to ponder. You must pause. And in the season, which is the craziest season, we got to slow down. We got to breathe. Come on, everybody. Just breathe a little bit. Slow down. Some of you are just running from one thing to the next because the enemy recognizes that if he can keep you busy, he can keep you distracted, and you will never pause long enough to ponder and ask God, what are you trying to do? You will never connect the dots. You will never see God's hands at work if we hustle through our day running from one errand to the next errand, never realizing that our strength is found in our slowdown. Those that wait upon the Lord renew their strength. If I could rewrite that, I would have written it like this. Those that run around like a chicken with their head cut off would renew their strength because that's how we do. But I'm telling you this morning, we have got to learn from Mary and we need to ponder. I don't like to stop and think about what I'm going through what I'm going through is painful. What I've experienced is no fun. What I've, got, what, I've, what I've experienced in this season, I don't wish on anybody. But have you stopped to ponder, to connect the dots, to ask this question, what are you trying to do, God? I, I, I'm concerned that some of us never pause long enough to ponder. When was the last time you sat down? When was the last time you sat still long enough? And said, so God, what are you trying to do? God, what are you trying to accomplish? Why why me? Why why me and my family? Why are we going through what we're going through? Why, why is this season, why are you putting me through this season, God? Why, 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 why? You don't think Mary asked? I think she asked. I think she asked. while oh, she was pondering. Why, why did wise men show up? Why? Why the shepherds? Why the angels? Why me, God? Why? Why? And I think it says she sat still and connected to the dots. She recognized that God's hand was at work. And I want you to hear me clearly this morning. Clearly, as your pastor, I want to tell you this morning: we will miss what God is doing, and I think He's up to something. Now, you don't have to like what he's up to, but I think he's up to something. For one, I think he's pruning. You can only grow if you're pruned. You're pruned if you do, pruned if you don't. I think he's pruning. I think he's strengthening. I think we're going down instead of... See, everybody wants to go out, but you need to go down first. You got to dig deep. I think he's forcing us. He's removed all of our crutches, all the comfort zones. Anybody else experiencing that? That, All the excuses... We recognize whether we're committed or not, connected or not, and I think God's up to something, but we will miss it. We will absolutely miss it, corporately and individually, if we don't lean into the right people, if we panic rather than praise. And if we fail to ponder and connect the dots, we'll just go through this season and we'll miss everything. And I want us to follow the lead of Mary this morning. And I want us to lean on the right people. Many of the right people that you need to lean in, lean on are in this room right now. Well, they're not my top Facebook friend. Who cares? They're the people that God has placed in your life to help you get through this season, to navigate this season. They're right here, right now. But you got to lean on them. But I don't feel like praising. I'm challenging you over the next—I would say several weeks—but I want us to go beyond that. I want us to go. Could could you join me? Can I just challenge you that over the next ten weeks? That's the end of February, I think, close. Could you just join me that over the next 10 weeks, that rather than freaking out together, we make a pact that we're going to worship harder and deeper. I mean, can I just tell you where I'd really like to see us get? I would really like to see us that on a Sunday morning that you guys push these folks up here so much. They're like, whoa. We're going to have to prepare better. We're going to have to be right spiritually. We're going to have to make sure we're right because, man, these folks are pushing us. The sheep are overrunning the shepherds. What in the world? What in the world? Can, can, I, can I just... I know your week crashes in on you and you feel like freaking out, But but when we come together... Could we just quit panicking long enough to open up our mouth and give God glory? Because His status has not changed, His worthiness has not changed, His goodness hasn't shifted, His ability hasn't weakened, His strength has not diminished. We come together and we worship. We don't stand here and do nothing and say, "Man, I hope they they get rid get get through that song because I'm ready to go home." No, we press, we press in because we refuse to panic and we ponder. We ponder. Can I get you over the next 10 weeks to just begin to connect the dots? The reason that God has allowed you to go through some of the stuff you've gone through is because he's doing something in your life. I know it comes across the plate like a curveball, and you're not sure you can hit it, but man up. Come on, ponder just a little bit. If he's throwing you the pitch, then he knows that you're more than able to swing the bat and hit the home run to connect and drive in. Come on, he's got faith in you. I know we gotta have faith in God but can I just encourage you this morning he's got faith in you otherwise he wouldn't be handing you what he's handing you because he trusts you to navigate the trouble knowing that you'll ponder it and go if he allowed it then like Job I gotta back up and go he must trust me a whole lot I got this So, Father, this morning I just pray that it is. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.